following program is pre-recorded. Welcome to Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years, I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, this time of year especially, I think about it, and I'm sure it's on many people's minds, and uh, we think about our children and their own safety, and uh, as, as we're out and about uh, seemingly more than usual, and uh, how is it that we can keep our children safe in these in situations with uh, who knows who kind of uh, creeping about mm-hmm. and uh, waiting to, as, as I feel about it, oftentimes prey on our children? You know, parents are... Uh Many parents are aware of the vulnerability of just the age of young children. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying young. uh, They're called minors for a reason. They can't live independently. Um, There there is not the development of the brain uh, to think logically about many, many things that could put children in danger. That's why wise parents, grandparents, teachers, others who work with children, they know the importance of early training for uh, the safety of children. I'm talking about personal. uh, And the best defense against abuse is prevention. Uh, In other words, the words that you say uh, to a child or how to teach a child certain things, words can be hugely important, uh, a, a true encouragement where it cultivates the soil uh, of a young heart, uh, sowing seeds of, of safety that in turn produces self-confidence and self-protection. What I'm saying is... Um, we are given the charge uh, in the Bible, Ephesians 4:29. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So we need to think of how can we empower uh, kids. Uh, I think, first of all, and we have material on this topic um, And I periodically read accounts of true issues where I'm very concerned about children. One of the things you could say is uh, don't go to a public place without first memorizing um, the, you must know the phone numbers, the address, your own address, without having that information of what I'm saying is you could have it on a card or in the pocket but it's best to say to to say tell make sure that they know how to say the parents names the phone numbers the address and this is important many kids get scared and then they kind of blank but they, but you rehearse this ahead of time when there's not a problem. Uh, tell them you don't go outside um, uh, our yard, you know, like your front yard, uh, or, or leave a playground without permission. This is 
needful with young children. Uh, don't go wandering around looking for um, if we get if we get separated. There's a lot of times I, I remember we, there's the state fair of Texas, and I remember so many parents would say, "If we get separated, you go to Big Tex. This is in mm -hmm. Dallas. Go, go go to Big Tex. Famous. So, at it, yeah, and and everybody at the state fair of Texas. I mean, any um, most people would know how to direct a child or take a child. I've, I've done that before. I remember a child was crying. I found this child, and I said, do you know where to go? I said, well, okay. And, and then I would find a law enforcement personnel, you know, some to take. I said, he needs, um, it's a little boy, and, he, and this was about two years ago, uh, go to a security guard. Um, and, and but you rehearse this. If you, we get separated, um, you you need to go to to look for someone who has law enforcement, a police man, a police woman. Um, go to a checkout counter, uh, uh, or go up to someone who looks like they're a part of. Uh, if it's it's in a store. Um, just say, I need help, and practice this. I mean, it, this is the most, you can just be so helpful to children where periodically you go through this. And, uh, and, and you even tell uh, a child, you could be helping another child you know, that gets lost. You know, but don't go near anyone who's following you. Don't get in a car. Uh, uh, if, don't go on a bicycle if somebody's asking you to get on with them um, or if they're walking behind you. Don't go with anyone who asks for your help to look for. This is a common, this is a trick. Could you help me, going to a child, could you help me find my little dog? It's typically a little dog. My, my dog is lost. Well, that... Kids will respond to that probably faster than anything else. Tell them most of the time, well, to, to say that's a typical trick. Don't go, don't get in a car uh, of somebody or if they're asking directions. Don't go with people. Um, that. June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. You're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here because of your ongoing prayers and continued support of this ministry. We thank you for that. If you have any questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics, we have over 100 Keys for Living that will help you address your situation. Give us a call at our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you to connect with the right resources. Their number is 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. Also find uh, many resources at our website, many of them free as well. You go to, there's a drop-down menu called free resources there for our quick reference guides. That's on hopefortheheart.org. That's hopefortheheart.org. Let's get to our caller for tonight. We welcome, uh, listening on KCBI in Texas, we welcome Rosie. Well, hello, Rosie. How can we help you? Hi, uh, Ms. Dunas. Um, thank you for uh, allowing me to come on your program. Well, I'm honored that you're with us. So what can we talk about? Um, I uh, Sometimes I can't uh, quite just uh, fall asleep at night. Um, my whole life has been turned upside down, and when I... Uh, I sometimes listen to your programs, and um, it helps me to know that I'm not the only one in this world uh, going through mm. dark moments in my life. And um, I just one day said, well, I'm going to take down the number and and see if um, I really just wanted to talk to you. I didn't know I was going to be on the radio, but maybe it's, uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity, and it's... Uh, Something that uh, Jesus paid the way, you know, for me to yeah. be on the radio. Maybe others can can learn or know that they're not alone. You know what you've just said. I have heard over and over, and that is by listening to your program. I've I found that at times it's my situation, and yeah. I haven't known what to do. And I just praise God that that could be the case every single time that no matter what, um, that people will learn how to think about difficult issues 
And so I'm proud of you for calling if you're, as you said, you said my life has been turned upside down. That means it's not easy. It's been painful. Is that right? Yes, I, I feel like I'm in the desert where Jesus was and the devil was tempting him. And every time he tempted him, Jesus turned around and um, did the opposite. And um, it's hard for a human. I'm not Jesus. I'm nowhere near Jesus. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, I'm being tried. Um, there's nothing worse that can happen to a mother than for your child to be taken away from you and uh, given to a predator, a pedophile. Um, and, and I'll say some, I'll go ahead and start talking about that. Um, yes. I, I I was going through cancer back in, tw- breast cancer back in 2015, and I noticed that the my child's father, at that time my child was five, I'll, I'll just say his name is... Uh, Ricky, Ricky. Ricky, and, um, okay, we'll call him Ricky. Ricky. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We'll call him Ricky. Um, he's 11 years old today, um, mm. but he was five and at the time where I was diagnosed with cancer, and the father uh, came back into the picture. Um, he was lost for a couple of years, didn't know nothing about him, um, and um, he was fighting for full custody instead of helping with my son, he wanted him fully, With uh, and I didn't understand that. But I had to fight the good fight and uh, show up to court and, you know, and say, wait a minute, you know, I'm his mother. There's no reason why you need to fully take my son. We can share him. You know, I'm going through breast cancer. I, You don't throw me away in the trash because I'm dealing with a terminal illness. That's not the way things are done. So yes, I was yes. fighting a good fight. Okay, and, um, so he and he was the birth father, is that right? Yes. We never okay. lived together. We didn't really know too much of each other. Um mm-hmm. to put it in perspective, the man raped me. Well, oh. that's what that's what happened exactly and he disappeared, went away and I was happy with that. I wanted to forget what he did and um I moved on. I, I was ashamed. That's what victims feel like. They feel shameful because what was done to them. And how can I not know this man was going to do this? Because you just don't know how the devil sneaks up behind you. Mm. So it wasn't my fault. But if you, when you're going through something like that, women feel very shameful. Um, mm. mm-hmm. So that, that happened, Miss June. And I, we were going, I was dealing with um, cancer, stage four. And uh, he was oh. uh, falling for custody every month. Uh, not every month. It was more like every two, every three weeks. Well, she's going to die. Well, she's diagnosed with this. Well, this, that, and the other thing. And, and I was still breathing, going through court, going through the chemo chair, from the chemo chair to the court chair, from the court chair back to the chemo. And he did this for a good three, four months. And I just didn't understand why the judge didn't stop him. But she did not. Did you share that he had raped you? Yes. Okay. And, and uh, you're saying this was before a judge, is that right? And Fort Worth Family Court. Mm. Okay. And she said 
he must have brought you here. You must have done something wrong. And I told her, I can't control what other people do, but I'm going to be here to represent myself. I had no lawyer at that time. I was, I'd lost my job, and um, I was already in the, losing my house. I didn't mm. want to lose my son just for cancer. Um, right, yes. But this is how the this is how Satan's children operate. Okay, they mm. see you defeated. They see you going through something huge, just cancer, and they want to attack. I I don't know where I I don't understand back then. I didn't understand back then where I got my strength, but I know now where I got my strength. So I'm not. Uh, I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm I'm a little. I have righteous anger. Okay. Yes, and the Bible the Bible actually talks about that. I want to emphasize that when um, Jesus, uh, you know, some people think anger is always wrong, and that's not true. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. And an example would be when the money changers were in the temple, and they were corrupt. They were absolutely corrupt. And Jesus had indignation. You see this term used several times. And indignation is the implication. It's righteous indignation. It's over something that was unjust. And so you, it, and by the way, the purpose of anger is like a red light on the dashboard of the car blaring this light that shouldn't be on but when you see it on it's a warning light saying something's wrong something's wrong something's wrong and the point is righteous indignation occurs when there is something unjust that has taken place so for you to have that is like Jesus at times where the the scripture will say that he had indignation. You see him having anger even at his disciples who prohibited they were trying trying to keep children from coming to him and the and yeah. Jesus yeah. said um no let the little children come to me but it was in the context of anger because it was unjust toward the children. Now, the disciples probably thought, oh, they're just kids. They're, you know, he's, or they're trying to take his time away from important things. Well, he said children are basically, his actions showed that they were important to him. And so my, my point is, and it can get confusing because some people don't know they think anger is always wrong. And I just want to say, if you knew, or since you knew, not if, since you knew that this man had raped you, you thought he was gone, but then, you're, now this is what you, I think you said, that your son was five years old, and that you were going through breast cancer, I'm sorry, you, yes, you said breast cancer, I think. And, yeah. and, and, um, that, and that's a very uh, challenging uh, time because I, I I went through that and uh, it was uh, unbelievably challenging. Um, but you said stage four. Am I right about that? Yes, 
uh, Ms. June, the doctor told me to go ahead and buy my plot, my funeral casket Uh. and arrangements. And I did (laughs) while I'm taking care of my five-year-old. But uh, that wasn't even the worst of things. Um, I did everything the doctor told me to do. I, I, I believed in my doctor, but I should have stayed more focused on God. Uh, well, I dived into the Bible after that because um, it was just getting worse and worse. Not the cancer. Mm. The cancer was already at its worst. But mm-hmm. the situation with the father was getting worse. And um, I'm sorry, um, my, my time, excuse me, mm-hmm. sorry about that. R- Ricky, um, yeah. Was um, returning, Had just, the father had just started picking him up on the weekends. Is the first time he started picking him up and knowing his father, um, and uh, who is the racist. And Nicola, I'm uh, sorry again. I'm so sorry. That's okay. No, you're doing. I, that's, okay. that's okay. That's okay. But I'm going to try to get through this. Um, okay. He was coming home and uh, back to me from the weekend from with being with the father, and uh, he was telling me that um, this man you told me to call dad. Is putting his revolver in my mouth, and oh, uh, no. he is not just doing that. He picked me up by my neck, and my feet are dangling up in the air, mother. And uh, he's doing a lot of crazy things to me. Why does he hate me so bad? Why does he want me when he all he does is show me scary things and and do really bad things to me, mommy? And I was ball-headed, and uh, I was just really fighting to keep my nose above the water and pay my mm-hmm. bills and continue to dive into the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. I finally uh, sold the house. I didn't lose it. I sold it, and it was already in foreclosure and removed, and I ended up in a small uh, town mm-hmm. named Midlothian, Texas, mm-hmm. and um, I'm here now, okay. and um, the, I've made friends with church here. I became a member of a, of a nice church, and uh, I visited a lot of churches. I talked to a lot of pastors. I wanted some peace, some relief. Why is this man so hateful and so evil? And um, I got finally the answer from pastors, some real fathers, some real men. He's not a man, uh, Miss mm. Rosie. He is mm-hmm. a child of faith. Yeah. I tell you what, I need to take a break for a moment, but I just want to say it is tragic when evil people have charge of children, and you are right to be very, very concerned, so we'll come back. Do you have a heart for people who are hurting and broken? You want to throw them a lifeline, but sometimes you just don't know how. Lifeline to Hope is a brand new, one-of-its-kind caregiver training designed just for you. Using video-based instruction from leading experts, plus relevant case studies and interactive exercises, you can discover how to effectively provide support, encouragement, and spiritual care. The ultimate goal is to connect lives in crisis with a new or renewed life in Christ. This 10-week Lifeline to Hope program can train and deploy a small, effective group of caregivers in your church and community. Be the person in your church that brings together caregivers to become better equipped to meet the hurting. 
Discover more at lifelinetohope.org. Lifelinetohope.org. If you're looking for a place to find encouragement and guidance, check out junehunt.org. That's where you can find June's practical, biblical resources, including June's books and Bible studies on a variety of topics like anger, depression, forgiveness, addictions, relationships, and more. June's resources offer biblical hope and practical help for all of life's challenges. They are great for personal study and growth and equipping you to help others. At junehunt.org, you can also find June's music, her translated books in Spanish, and keep up with all the latest news and interviews with June. And if you've missed an airing of Hope in the Night, you can access the broadcast archives from this site and search for specific topics. At junehunt.org, there's also a place to donate and support us financially to help more people find practical guidance from God's Word through our radio broadcasts, biblical resources, and more. We're grateful for your prayers and support, and we hope you'll check out the resources for you at junehunt.org. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Well, if you have any questions, if there's a topic that uh, piques your interest and uh, you think you might like to find out more information on that, just give our customer support team a call. They'd be happy to point you to the right resources for you. Their number is 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And uh, let me recommend to you our keys for living called Childhood Sexual Abuse, The Secret Storm. And that's available as you uh, call customer support at 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If you would like to speak with June about a specific situation in your life, if something's going on and you'd like some insight on that, give us a call. And uh, we'd like to talk to you about being on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night. Just call 800-917-800-N I G H T 17 and call, leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back to you and schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. That's 800 night 17 800-644-4817. Now back to our conversation with Rosie. My friend, uh, for 12 years I taught a singles class. It was a large singles class. Uh, and uh, at times there would be uh, single moms. And I, I sometimes I would just hurt over the situations, uh, and it would get complex when there would be painful situations. My heart is truly with you, because what you're saying, Rosie, is that you're you uh, were raped, and therefore there was a son who was the product of that rape, and when he was five years old, I think you were telling me that all of a sudden the birth father appears on the scene. Originally he was not there, and you you felt shame about the rape. Uh, and by the way, it, this is not your shame. It is the, the shame of anyone who would do that to someone else. But I do understand that at times, and I'm, I'm just clarifying, 
it was not your shame to have been raped. Many people are um, in situations that they had no idea would happen. And I think I was hearing that you, this is not what you, certainly not what you wanted. And you were not um, looking to be raped. And people don't look to be raped. And I want to emphasize that sometimes there are myths that people believe, and that is, oh, women just want to be raped. I've heard, I've heard all kinds of things that are just ungodly. They're horrible. But um, uh, so far, am I, am I hearing, uh, am I saying yes. what is correct? Yes, you're correct, Miss June. Um, he mentioned while I was uh, going through my chemotherapy, um, and he was taking me to court, uh, the father, he mentioned to me outside the court, you know, at 44, I would expect a woman your age to be on birth control. And I, that's what this rapist told me outside of the court. Mm. And I, I said, how dare you? What, you didn't ask the person you were going to rape if she was on birth control or not. We didn't have a discussion. We didn't, you didn't even ask me if I was going to allow you to rape me. This is, he's such a self-centered imbecile to tell me outside the court, you know, you didn't tell me you were on birth. You weren't on birth controls. I would have. So what is that? I, I, what are you saying? You wouldn't rape me? You didn't well, know my values. You don't know who I am, Mister. I'm not going to abort. I don't believe in killing something that's living in me. This is such a tiny little rat. Mm, you know, his I'm tiny so brain. Well, it, it is. Uh, forbidden by God, by the way, um, it is forbidden uh, in our when when there is a true rape. Uh, it is against the law. I'm talking about it's not not just against God's law. It's against the civil law, and it was right to object. But it sounds not correct me. Now, okay, I'm going to verify. Are you saying that this happened in? I'm going to use the term. Uh, um, let's see, oh, Fort Worth. Is that um, Harris County? Is that right? Yes, ma'am. I just want to clarify. I was uh, 44 at that age, and I gave birth at 45. Of course, no woman at that age is planning to have her first or her chi a child. Of course not. So um, it wasn't the child's uh, mistake. It was the the man's mistake. And, of course, I carried the baby for nine months, and, and then I burst it, and I, and I take care of it, and I brought it home, and I took care of it all up. And I did not know the rapist was watching from a distance. Because oh. he had an agenda. He, this oh. demon had an agenda. Let me tell you, let me keep going. That's not yes. the worst part. The, wor the worst part is that my son had developed low, uh, uh, he had trouble at school. He, he was born healthy. He is very healthy. But he was having problems developing and, and st staying with the, 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 his courses at school. And I didn't understand why he would not go to bed. He didn't want to go to sleep by himself. He didn't want to take showers by himself. He did not want to be, while he was with me in my care, we had to share my son. And so he would be uh, one week with him, one week with me. That's what the mm. judge said. 
mm-hmm. for, for all these years, that tra- you know, transferring a child back and forth, back and forth. And it's crazy how the courts do this to a child, but they do, and they get away with it. There's a court. Yes. So um, the, while the father had him, there was no activity. It, they didn't even come out of his little one-bedroom apartment. They would always be inside. When my child would come home, he would come home uh, disheveled, smelling like a brewery, like there was alcohol he had been drinking. Mm. This is a little boy, five, six, mm. then seven, mm. and then eight, and then nine, coming home drunk. And I would call uh. the PS, and I would tell them they would open a case and close it. They couldn't find any findings. They would uh, categorize me, the mother's over-concerned, and um, whatever. They put, they would close the file. And um, finally, last year, at the age of 10, mm-hmm. said, said to the principal, he said it to me first. He said it to me first, Mom, I don't want to go back. I said, what do you mean, son? Because we pray at night. We've been, remember, at 2015, when I first got cancer, we we start uh, practicing Jesus. We start getting to know who he is. Not a religion, but Jesus. We're, we're a relationship so, with Jesus. Yes. Yes, a personal relationship with Jesus. So you see what a man, what a father mm-hmm. is, looks like and what he behaves like. Nicholas, uh, I'm sorry, my child mm-hmm. knows what a uh, mother uh, yes. looks like and how she is with her children, like the same with the father. So my child starts uh, telling me, I don't want to go back. He is no father, and uh, he takes me to the shower and performs. He wants me to perform this with him, uh, which is sexual activity. Then right after the shower, oh. that's in the morning, Mother. That's how he wakes me up at 6 in the morning. And and uh, then he drops me off at school. I can't think, Mom. I can't think because as soon as he drops me off at school, I'm thinking about what he just did to me in the shower. And then oh. when he picks me up, Mom. Back to the shower right after school. Back to the shower. Back to the shower, Mom. And I get, and then right after the shower there, we were there for a good hour, Mom. He is right to the bed. Another hour, Mom. And then according to how I perform, how I sexually mm. perform on my own dad, it, I get to eat food. Okay, so what you're saying is he was being sexually abused Again and again and again, just repeatedly. Since the age of five. He made this report to me. I mean, he he told me this. So I took him to school the next day. And um, I said, you you should tell and share this with your teachers or the school principal. I'm going to go to the police station and make a report. I dropped my son off at school, and he did, he did that. And uh, I was at the police station, and the police officers, believe it or not, they said, we're going to put you in jail for saying such a thing about a father. You must be a, a, a very angry person to say to make up a lie about a man. Mm, mm, mm. And we're going to throw you in jail if you don't get out of my office. This is the Middle Ocean Police Station. And I love this town. I forgive those men because they uh, know not what they say or what they do. Yes, yes. But it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, telling the teachers, telling the principal. And mm-hmm. so he came home. He said, I, I went ahead and told them because 
my father's going to try to pick me up. And I'm scared, Mom, because he's going to put that revolver, that gun, back in my mouth. And he's going to do his dirty things again. So I told on him, Mom. I don't, I'm tired of it, Mom. Mm. I said, so why were you coming back home drunk and smelling like alcohol? He makes me drink. He says it hurts less. I said, Bless okay, your heart. Is this, Bless, uh, is, is mm. this man is in his 60s. He's older than me. Mm. He, he's 63 or 64. Are you talking about now he is? Yeah. Okay. And you are how old now? I, I'm 55. Okay. Wow. Um, and um, the report was, uh, so, I'm sorry, Miss June, um, uh, a week later, um, the court, okay, I got hired a lawyer. The lawyer says, don't let, allow your son to go with the father. Of course I'm not. Not after what my son told me. I didn't know yes. he was doing things to him like that sexually. I knew about the gun in his mouth, the, him picking him up by the neck. It, it, the thing about it, the, the pedophiles, I, I started to just, since this is going on, I wanted to know how they think and what the child goes through in a sexual abuse situation. Yes. And the mm -hmm. pedophiles do nothing but attack the terror to children so that they can maintain control. You see, if uh, the revolver's in his mouth or in his ear or in his temple or wherever he has the revolver, the child is going to... You know, hey, you okay? You're the boss. You've done. I'll do whatever you say. Uh, I, I think anybody would do that. That's normal reaction from a child. They're, okay, they're scared. Baby. They're scared, and yeah. they typically will do whatever. Yes, that I understand. Yeah, an adult man will be scared. Uh, an adult woman would be scared. Can you imagine a child going through this for since he was five? Okay. Wow. Um, yes, this is. It's not over. This yet. is I got wrong. A lot to tell you. Okay. Okay, well, we will continue when we get back. I'll just say this. Um, I, In my, my experience thus far, I've never heard of um, the police saying what they said to you. So I think that is the exception. But I do know, now this is important, what I'm going to say. Typically, if you go to a district attorney where, you know, in the county, um, where, where you live and in the city uh, the district attorney they typically are tremendous advocates and uh, that that and we're not talking about the school we're talking about the district attorney June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others it's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. 
These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver. You were listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. We're a ministry of hope for the heart, and we want to thank you for your prayers and support of our ministry. If you have any questions or concerns about childhood sexual abuse, please call our customer support team. We have resources that we'd like to recommend to you called The Secret Storm, and that's, uh, again, by calling customer support. They'll be able to uh, get that ordered for you, get it into your hands, and their number is 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time, and again, 800-488-HOPE, 800 800-488- 4673. If you prefer to email them, you may do so at hope for the excuse me at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. That's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Now back to tonight's conversation with Rosie. Hey Rosie, first of all, I want to say you are very concretely helpful, meaning for you, the way you are describing this is very clear, and that's a huge advantage. Number two, um, when I said the district attorney, there there are two avenues. One is going to the sheriff's office in the county. For example, if it's where it took place, um, that could be Harris County um, or uh, the um, in, in Waxahachie, Texas, only because I live in Dallas and I have uh, people in my life who I know, um, in, even in the Sheriff's Department, um, people that are strong Christians. Sorry to interrupt you. Even that is messed. Uh, because why are we in Fort Worth court when the man has been doing this activity in Dallas where he lives? So in oh. the Fort Worth court, they have a buddy system. The judge goes to lunch with the amicus. The amicus goes to lunch with the social worker, and they all have a great cookout on the weekend. 
and their buddy, buddy, buddy system. But in Dallas, where the father lives, that's where we should be going to court. I don't believe Dallas courts have the buddy system where, hey, you make me look good, mm-hmm. and hey, you make me look good, and we're all going to be against the, the, the mom who's trying to uh, mm-hmm. uh, protect the child. Got it. So I hear what you're saying. I, I, yeah. So I used to live in Arlington, and that's Tarrant County, and that's when I was diagnosed with cancer, and that's where I sold the house and moved to Midlothian uh, with a 21-year-old son who has been my rock, and so has Jesus, of course, and and he's, uh, he stopped his life. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He's 29 now, and he's no girlfriend, just working hard, providing a shelter over his brother, who he loves, and me. And um, that's oh. the true father that my son, my little boy. Wow. His, his so this is, this is another son that you had who's much older, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. And well, that, so it sounds like he's a true blessing to you and your young son, uh, who is who is now eleven. Um, well, I do know that. What um, um, okay? What I'm what I'm saying is you you. There are trustworthy people. Usually, the district attorney's office, where if something takes place or. Um, I, I I can't. At least you could start where you live and ask for advice. One thing well, that well, I, I went to legal aid after all this because um, yes, the, the same day uh, that well after after we saw I saw I made the police report and after Nicholas uh, made the report at school with the school principal, um, the. My lawyer uh, filed a suit against the father in the family court in Fort Worth, and the family court judge said, sent an amicus who represents children, who is a man, right. and also a social worker, and sent him to the school to interview Nicholas. We didn't know he, they were going that day. We didn't even know when they were coming and or if they were coming. And told them word for word what happens at 6 a.m., what happens again at, right after school at 3.30 he gets up at school at 3 o'clock, at 3.30, Mama, it happens again, mm. and right after 3.30, after the shower, to the bed. And then we get to eat, and then again it happens at 9 p.m. So this mm. is a vicious cycle. This man, mm. even pedophiles have a routine. And guess mm. what? When the, that same day, they removed my son from my home and, and placed him with the father. The same day, they should have called authorities when they took them. The, when the amicus from court and the social worker went to school to take the report from my son, they should have removed my, they should have called authorities to have the man locked up. Instead, the amicus and the social worker got together and said, hmm, it sounds a little bit too routine, too practice as if he practiced. So we're going to take him away from the mom on their own instigation just because they think of something uh, they made up. And um, and uh, the social worker quit because she got a better job, and the amicus stayed on the case, which is a man, and he's the same age as the father, and I guess he was able to um, personally um, side with him because they are mm. they look alike, and um, he just got divorced, the amicus. 
So the amateurs, instead of calling the authorities to have the father picked up and taken to jail, they removed him from my home the same day and placed him with the pedophile or the father. Wow. And he's been with the father ever since. And so now what I'm doing, I'm uh, diving again back into the Bible, and I'm, I am I have to give myself up to the Jesus 100%. It can't be mm-hmm. 85, 75. It's got to be 100%. And whatever is high must come low, and whatever's low must come up. And I'm keeping my faith, and I trust God, because if I didn't have God in my, in my life, that man would be dead, and I would be doing time in the penitentiary right now. Mm. I I hear exactly what you're saying, and because what's happening is uh, against the law, actually, what he's doing to this little boy, and it, the issue is not that he's technically the birth father. The issue is he is sexually using your son, and this is against the law. But the, but what happened is that. Uh, the family courts and uh, Fort Worth, the amicus is being biased. This was the second amicus. The first amicus was removed for being biased towards me. Well, this amicus <laughs> is a very good friend of the first amicus who was being biased. So the second amicus carried on the tradition. Mm-hmm. And now i left with no son. I don't have privileges no, to with him on the I don't get to okay. see him. He, his, his mother was cut off from his life completely. Yes. And okay. I que- I, question. I, I have. I, I do have a question for you, and and I'm I'm fi- I'm familiar, of course, with an amicus, meaning a friend of the court. That's what it's talking. But it, this person should be, and any person who operates as an amicus, uh, as a friend of the court, uh, that means they should be qualified and be unbiased. And for whatever reason, the question, my question is, um, like, if, if uh, what I know is it would be a, a, the right protocol to go to uh, the district attorney in Dallas, the district attorney's office, uh, because I, 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 the point is, this is an offense that is occurring now in Dallas. This is what I'm hearing. So, so this is be taken to Dallas, not in Fort Worth. In Dallas, yep. what I didn't mention to you, Miss June, I forgot. Um, they did two forensics interviews, and the father couldn't uh, the child, and the story stays the same with the child. Also, the therapist that I had him in for the past four years, and I had him in therapy because. I believe in therapy because I knew my son was struggling and I didn't understand why he was struggling. But now I see clearly. And she testified in court, but the judge dismissed all the evidence. The ER visits at Cook's Hospital, the ER visits in Children's in Dallas about the anal bleeding for no reason at all, just anal bleeding Mm. coming back from the father's Mm. uh, weekend. Mm. I mean, there's so much evidence in the CPS. She took a report from my son and the two forensics. And then the therapist saying that the father uh, admitted that, yeah, he takes showers with the son, and there's no problem with that. He, he needed help, and so I go in the shower, and I help him. And, and uh, really? And the judge said, okay. And the advocates convinced the judge, Your Honor, we ha- I have reason to believe this woman is evil. This woman, why is he saying crazy things about the mother when the advocates doesn't even know the father or me? He just mm-hmm. really... Being biased because of the first his 
friend that was biased is the first amicus was uh, let go of the case. She she got yes. real angry. And this is the outcome. The child gets to be sexually abused because I'm sticking up for him. Mm-hmm. Well, what I understand is that you are seeking to be concrete. I think to have the story clear, and you are excellent at, and I'm very proud of you, by the way. Many people you, in this Thank in this situation, I, I, it's I hard to, to even think. Yes. About the forensics investigator, because they didn't show up to court, and neither did the CPS lady, and neither did the principal. The only one that showed up was the therapist, because we had established a relationship for the past four years, me and her and my son. And the re- I called the uh, the principal, I called the forensics, and I called CPS, and I asked them all the same question. How come you weren't in court yesterday? Because yes. we received a call from the amicus. The amicus, the man, said, do not show up in court, that the child rekindled and the mother was lying and made him say it. This is the amicus calling See, this is wrong. individual. Yeah. He made an effort. He made an wow. effort. Mm. Well, it sounds like your son is seeking to to communicate the truth and i hear that you have not been believed but i the, the interesting thing is many times when you talk to one person if you don't get action you can there will be someone else that you know i, I don't want you giving up because i know people and there are godly people who've been in the sheriff's department and in a heartbeat. Um, in fact, I'm letting you know that as we speak right now, I am getting um, some messages. I'm getting messages about that of people that are, they know these courts and they don't want you giving up and so we we will good i don't know where i get the strength but it has to be jesus well it is jesus i should have been falling apart to pieces and i'm not gonna give up no no well we're gonna follow up with you too and I'm going to be doing this because it'll help you help others even. I'm going to send you our material on childhood sexual abuse. And you will like this material. You will like, I've, I've been speaking on this topic for a number of years, many years. And I, my heart goes out to you. And so um, you, you hang on. Um, you need fresh eyes to see this um, and there will be people that you can appeal to in the Dallas uh, area Uh, Dallas will send for those records so to have a new court God bless you you are being prayed for we will send our keys for living called childhood sexual abuse the secret storm we'll send that out to tonight's caller Rosie And we do that free of charge. That's because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash donate. And we thank you. 
You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. Hope.